Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. It is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe joining you on Wednesday, March 23rd, just after 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. The Mavericks just defeated the Houston Rockets 110 to 91. How are you, Josh? I'm good. I'm I'm tired, but I'm good. I think you're you're a little tired too. I think the the best way we can maybe sum up this game is that in Slack before we started recording, I asked you <laughs> if we could just record for five minutes because uh, the Mavericks did what they were supposed to do, and I mean that's the game. Yeah, yeah, no, it really, <laughs> really is. It really, really is. And the the part that that I find. You know, something happened over the weekend. It was like the middle of that Charlotte game where I went from being very pleased that March basketball was fun to very annoyed that this was a thing. Because, like, I'm just, you know, our guy Ben, who who did the stats post, sums it up nicely where he's like, can somebody wake me up whenever it's, it's, you know, the playoffs are happening? Because at this point, like, we're still jostling for seating, and that's extremely important. But in terms of the basketball that we're watching, I feel very good about where we are. Yeah, totally. And I think it, there's probably some frustration that if the Mavericks were in the Eastern Conference, they would have home court locked up and there wouldn't really be that much drama to the end of the season. But because the Western Conference will forever be a torture chamber <laughs> until the end of time, yeah. uh, like there was a real chance it could have been, you know, if they... I mean, they lost that Timberwolves game. I mean, they'd be fighting to avoid the play-in, which is, like, nuts considering, like, there could have been a 50-win team in the play-in if things broke or, you know, maybe, I mean, season's not over. Things could still break in a weird way. Um, so that's just bananas to me. So, um, yeah, it's annoying that these game, like, a game against the Rockets, this game had to matter more than it should have considering how well the Mavericks have played. You would think they would have been more rewarded for that, but they seem to just be stuck in fifth place purgatory. Um, but they have a chance to take care of the business themselves against the Jazz uh, this week. So we'll see. But this was, you know, no surprises tonight, which was basically all you can ask for. You know, d- no drama, no surprises. Uh, Dinwiddie and Brunson were awesome. And that's really all the Mavericks needed. No one else really did much. Um in the first, you know, three quarters of the game. And that's okay. Cause Dinwiddie and Brunson were really good. Well, I'll give you a little bit of a surprise. It was, okay. uh, for me, it was, uh, it was nice. You know, Jalen Brunson has played consistently good basketball this entire year, but this game, particularly from two point range, cause that was all he, like he was able to hit 10 of 17 shots from two point range. <laughs> Jalen Brunson really, really reestablished, uh, dominance in an area where since the Dinwiddie trade he's had to kind of figure out a new role like when they run these three guard lineups he's often the odd man out and I don't know I I don't want to say like like the numbers don't represent this at all but I feel like he's 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 still trying to find his way and so just seeing him go off was really nice I mean he he obviously did against the Sixers where he scored 10 of 14 from the field, but like that game felt over. And so it's like, it was hard to sort of take anything away from that game, despite the fact that like, other than saying he, he, he likes playing in Philadelphia, which he does. Um, I just, I was glad to see him go nuts because I mean, his 16 points in the third quarter were enormous. Like it broke the game open. Yeah. And I mean, this is his highest scoring game since December 21st. Um, yeah. Which seems kind of crazy. And it's not even an indictment on his play because he's still averaging like, 
16, 17 points a game the last two months. So it's not like he's been in a slump. Uh, it's just, like yeah. you said, just the hierarchy shifted a little bit when Didwitty got here. And, I, you know, I maybe we need to look at it. But it does feel like, you know, his touches went down maybe a little bit um, just in certain scenarios. Um, I mean, he sat some fourth quarters. Uh, you know, I think he sat that Lakers win and Dinwiddie played over him. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I see what you're saying. Like, he's not – hasn't been bad, but when, when he's just – it's just been in a little adjustment. And, yeah, this felt like, you know, the first month of the season, Jalen Brunson uh, – or November Jalen Brunson that we didn't really see uh, – I haven't seen all, all that often in the last couple of games. So, this was yeah. – yeah, that was a really good performance for him. I mean, I like the other the other performance, which was absolutely surprising, was Frank Nilakina. Yeah, thirteen points. Like he was just he was having himself a game, and the Rockets are so terrible that he had three or four plays where he was just like, "I'm going to play harder than you," you know? Yeah, and just like taking a couple of dribbles to the elbow, and a Rockets defender magically kind of just disappears, and he was just mm -hmm. like, all right, I'll take a, like, I'm a professional basketball player, I'll take a wide open 15-foot jumper, yeah. uh, and he made a couple of them, and uh, uh, yeah, that was good to see, I mean, he hasn't really done much, uh, I mean, it was nice to see, because what have we been talking about for, like, the last three weeks is that the Mavericks have been basically playing, like, seven guys, mm -hmm. so to see some of those guys that we've been like, hey, can one of these guys just occasionally give them something so that they're not playing seven guys 30 minutes a night uh, almost every night. And, you know, he did something, uh, and that was fun. I mean, the other guys didn't really either, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of the problem in the first half is the Mavericks couldn't string together a regular, <clears throat> excuse me, a regular set of, like, offense and defense like we've seen them do. And then in the third quarter, all of a sudden, there were like there are multiple double digit runs and those were led by Dinwiddie those were led by by Brunson and it, it you know a win is a win at this point in the season you know we're looking around the standings and you know the Jazz got the crap kicked out of them tonight we're talking a 28 point loss um you know the the um the Wolves are after being rather resurgent the Wolves have now lost two in a row because because the Suns came back and just demolished them in the fourth quarter and so, like, this game felt somewhat meaningless in the sense of, like, the importance of basketball games for these Mavericks. But them notching a convincing win and getting Luka rest is it's just important. And I'm glad, I'm glad they were able to take care of business because this just felt like a trap game for me. Yeah, and I mean, since the All-Star break, they've been winning games, but almost every game has come down to the wire. I mean, they've played so many clutch games in the month of March. I mean, how nice is it that they just kind of had a low stakes game uh, for the most part? I mean, they they haven't had a, a low key fourth quarter uh, in what feels like a long time in a win. You know, obviously the Charlotte game and the Philly game, but, but, but those were blowouts and the Knicks game, but those were blowouts. So like, it's nice to see them not have to grind out a win all the way down to the wire. Our, our man Panda Hank pointed this out, and I didn't fact check this, which I'm doing kind of on a live basis. The Mavericks have only had two double-digit wins since the All-Star break. They've won a bunch of single-digit games. And winning is winning is winning. We're not criticizing this. But the only two double-digit wins they've had since the All-Star break are against the Rockets. So it's 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 just a little um, – it's nice because they, they need to sort of – as you head into the playoffs, you want to be playing your best basketball. And it's hard to both play your best basketball and then win – like you assume like – 
playing your best basketball also comes along with winning games. But with the way the Mavericks have kind of lost leads in games and also just flat out gotten down double, like down bad in certain instances, you know, it's, it's nice to just kind of have a, not a game off, but it's just, this, this game was well in hand, like three minutes into the, into the third quarter. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice, it's, they've needed something like that. And, you know, even the guys that played, I mean, some guys still had heavy minutes, but Brunson didn't have to play 30 minutes and Cleveland only had to play 21. Um, you know, Dorian still had to play 35 and Bullock still had to play 34 just because of the, the first half kind of screwed them that they didn't, right. They couldn't, you know, their defense just wasn't there in the first half and the Rockets were a little bit more spunky. Um, yeah. but, uh, I mean, but uh, there was one concerning thing. Marquise Chris exited the game after just three minutes and had a heating pad on his knee. Um, right. I don't, <clears throat> I'm not like sitting here talking about how he's super important, but the ability to soak up minutes is a value and they don't have any other picks. They just don't. Right. So, so that's shout a out to um shout out to to Moses Brown for scoring his or I'm sorry Moses Wright for scoring his first NBA basket. He got three shots up in three minutes. I appreciate that that level of gunnerness. This was just it was entertaining to watch because a lot of Mavs Twitter really is invested in him because his measurables are pretty preposterous. But uh, I don't really have any commentary on him other than that. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, the only thing I can think about this game is just like. Uh, I said it in our Slack, and and I, you know, maybe maybe I'll write something in the morning about it. But the Mavericks have rested Luca twice since the Dinwiddie trade, and they're two and zero. And Dinwiddie had twenty six tonight on efficient shooting, and then the other game was a win against the Kings, and he had thirty six. And I, I feel like that's something when you consider how bad the Mavs have been the last two and a half years without Luca playing. Like the fact that they are winning games, they've won their two games without him. You know, it, it isn't a, a huge sample, but I mean, it's just wild. Like it's, it's, I'm still, it's still not sunken in yet for me how great Dinwiddie has been like, and how preposterous it kind of is like just sure. how good and how quickly it's happened. And I know we've talked about it before, but it still hasn't really sunken in yet. It's still kind of mind boggling to me. Uh, even as someone that wanted them to sign Dinwiddie last summer, like, We've been crowing about the Mavericks needing like another guy, like another starter that can legitimately do things. That's not just a spot up role guy yep. for three years. And they just did it during a trade deadline. We thought was going to be extremely quiet. And they, <laughs> it's like, Oh, just all of a sudden the Mavericks have filled one of the biggest roster weaknesses in the Doncic era. And yep. it, it's, it's just kind of wild. It hasn't settled in for me yet. Uh, and it's fun to watch. I mean, it's been what we've been wanting for a long time. So it's just it's just really cool. I don't know what else to say other than that. Yep, yep. I don't think we should say any more because there's no. plenty of uh, stuff left to say. I'm going to go host a green room. Um, yeah. I do want to take a moment and thank our fans and listeners and even the people who don't like us because – uh, but if you're one of the people listening to this podcast, you have pushed us uh, with a week to go in the month to our biggest month in Mavs Moneyball history for this podcast. Um, it's been, you know, I, I continue to be amazed at the responses that we get um, and really both the the feedback. I, I People send us feedback regularly and, you know, almost all of it is really constructive. It's stuff we take to heart and, and, and you know, even if it's uh, not our favorite comments, but, you know, we want to we want to tell people, we want to give people things that they're interested in listening to. And I, I just, uh, just wanted to uh, take a second and say thank you to everyone who has listened to us. Josh, you got anything else? 
No, that was well said. Let's let's get out of here and Woo! and call tonight. All right, Kirk Anderson, Josh Bow, Mavs Money Ball After Dark. You can uh, like and subscribe and do all that wonderful stuff because it really actually helps us. Well, uh, check your feeds around lunchtime tomorrow. I'll post the green room Mavs party because we won. And then on th- Thursday, no, Friday morning, uh, I will have another Moneyball Minute, which you guys seem to like. So this has been Kirk Anderson and Josh Bow, and we will talk to you a little later in the week.